Hello and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, the British Broadcasting Corporation of Rugby Podcasting. Everyone thinks that we're biased against them. Uh, we are in partnership with no one. We uh, we bow, now, bow down to no man. Uh, as always, I am Cammy Black and joining me this week, we've got uh, Fresh from an intense programme of anger management therapy following the Glasgow game. It's uh, John Anderson. Hi there, guys. Feeling good? Feeling good? Are you feeling up for this, John? Yes, yes. Uh, my therapist told me that it's important to get back on the horse. So, good. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Right. Um, I'm gonna. What do you think? Right, we've got to choose some music for me to read out the different ways in which people can contact us. So, I'm trying to decide what to go with. Um, we can either go with uh, the Vision On theme from last week, or I can try something sexy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm always just going to say something sexy. Something I'm, sexy. I'm down, I'm down with that. Right. Let's see if we can find uh, something sexy here. What have we got? There we go. So there's a number of different ways that you can contact us. You can visit the blog scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, Twitter at scottrugbyblog or at Black. You'll also find us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email us podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, which apparently is a thing now, Acast, Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a review. Um, I'm going to fade this out now. Um, That's a bit of Marvin Gaye there for you all. Um, (laughs) We can review us on Apple Podcasts, just like Rymo77, who said, good interview with Andy Brown. Players need to understand and be better educated on the consequence of drug use, whether it's recreational or through the -the over-the-counter supplements. Uh, if you've not caught that, um, Rymo was talking about our mini pod we put out last week where we interviewed Andy Brown from the Sports Integrity Initiative about drugs in rugby. So check that out if you haven't already. Um, John, now, what do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? Because um, you managed to break the internet last night or a section of the <laughs> internet last night um, with your review of the Glasgow game. So uh, should we should we crack into it or and, and just let you vent? I th- I think it's important just to let's let's get it out of the way. Okay, I've got some music queued up for you. So <laughs> some sad music. Oh John. no! <laughs> bringing it all back. So, to John, me. what went wrong? Uh, well, my, my television took a bit of a, a bit of a bit of abuse actually this weekend. Um, shouting the word accuracy. Um, if you've read anyone that's read my article that broke the internet oh no i've sort of identified three key things that went wrong which was accuracy leadership um and whatever the third one was i can't even remember i'm trying to yeah um no it was it was it was a very bad day at the office and yeah, yeah there's not much more to say than that well i mean this was the worrying thing is um You've, you had Ryan Wilson on the pitch, who's who's co-captain this year. So we, you know, we've talked about lack of leadership in the past when, um, in Scotland games particularly, that was the Samoa game last year where he was, I think, a co- the captain that was left on the field yeah, and, yeah, and think, right. when things started to go wrong. So is, do you think that's a that's an issue? Yes, I do actually. Um, I was I would, so I'm very much not one for saying that. Your your captain should set the tone in the park, but it is down to the other senior players to to, to drive the standards throughout the team. And I think I think what Callum Gibbons does much better than Ryan Wilson is that he seems to be able to get 
respect across the board mm -hmm. from the senior players. But I don't know what it is about. I mean, Ryan Wilson is very well thought of within the team, but it could be. I'm, I'm, again, I'm completely speculating here, but it could be that he's maybe not quite the personality that they need to be their leader. Yeah. I.e., he's a bit of a joker. He, he, he you know, he, he's, he's sort of dosses about a bit. But you know, it was it was very disappointing to see, it, and it's not it's not the first time we've seen it. Which was, I, I, my wife went a bit. She got a bit annoyed at me because I was I was getting very very into um, the sort of in-depth analysis after the game <laughs> and she eventually told me to just button it. Um, <laughs> How much wine had you had at this point, John? Of beer? <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, oh, that's the second time I've had to answer that question this week. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, had, I'd had a couple of sherries by that point. Um, but yeah, we got quite in-depth in terms of the, the inner workings of the Glasgow Warriors yeah. and yeah, it was it was a bit real. It's it's one thing to be the you know, the banter king at the back of the bus, geeing everybody up. I think there's a place for that, but it's not necessary you, you don't necessarily want that character wearing the captain's armband. And the sense I get from you know, the little snippets you see on social media and elsewhere is that Callum Gibbons can can play that role but he he knows when to switch it off and he knows when it's business time so to speak whereas i'm not I, i'm not entirely sure that that ryan wilson switches off as much you know it has that sort of business time attitude yeah or, or able to command that leadership on the pitch no but you especially don't need the the banter king when you're uh, 21 points going on 28 points down uh, away from home against um, against the South African team so yeah um, not just not, a, not, not just a South African team the worst South African team in the yeah. worst <laughs> the worst the worst team in the whole of the Pro 14 so it's you know it's pretty catastrophic it's a pretty good effort yeah, I mean, yeah. one one positive because we, we should probably look for some positives um was Things improved when um, Adam Hastings came on the pitch, which they did. Yeah, so you know you're looking for leaders, and there's maybe an argument to be made for that. You know the leadership is going to come from the younger players, and it's you know it's it's time for them to start coming through. And it was inter I mean, it was interesting. He was rested for that game, but it maybe points to the fact that that he's now Glasgow's first choice ten. I, I would argue he is. Um, I had this discussion earlier this week as well uh, with someone that I, I, I think he is absolutely Glasgow's first choice 10 uh, and he's played there. He's play, played himself into that position. So it's on merit. Um, I, I was I was really encouraged to see how he came on. And yes, you can make the argument that he's come on to a, a park with 25, 30 minutes left against a tiring side who can't believe their luck frankly, that they've got into that position. And he's able just to run. He can, he can throw the medical passes. He can do what he wants, basically. Nobody's going to judge him. But it still takes... There's there's plenty of Scottish players over the years and plenty of Scottish fly-halves over the years who, in that very same scenario, would have come on and made things worse, frankly. Yeah. So... I was very impressed to see his attitude, and actually, what I, I talked about Hastings in my article, but what was very impressive as well was Ali Price came on and mm. looked very, very controlled and composed. 
but then you could have put anyone on the park after Nick Frisbee and you would have got that. He was horrendous. It was almost the reverse of what people have been saying about Nick Frisbee that he'd yeah. he'd come on as a you know as a sub uh, coming off the bench he 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 has come on and steadied things but yes as a starting nine and maybe maybe that's his role maybe that's what his role for Glasgow is going to be is off the bench come and steady things he's maybe not someone to start games I, I particularly liked his new line in the sitting on one knee pass that's not one i've seen from a scrum half before um i mean i i hope one day that the dive pass comes back but the the one knee sort of throwing it over the top of top of one of your men lying spread eagle at the side of the ruck um i'm not sure it's going to catch on but you know i might be wrong he might be a trendsetter he could be i mean it's not we've not even seen greg laidlaw do that so yeah no 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 no, um, Greg, Greg, Greg takes his time. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd seen him. I've seen. I think I'd seen pictures of Nick Frisbee when he was announced, and I hadn't really caught much of him after that. And I was surprised. I, I saw a, a picture of them all in South Africa, and I was trying to work out who the 1970s TV detective was. <laughs> and then, and then I think someone tagged him in a photo, and I was like, "Oh, it's, it's Nick Frisbee." It's um, a good tash he's got. It's yeah. Xander really um, Ferguson, though, that's him out until. Well, I might even be missing a lot of the Six Nations. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, when when I seen the injury first, <clears throat> the the first thing again I said was that that looked very serious, um, and I, it's not a surprise that we're talking quite a lengthy off after that. Yeah. Uh, my only concern is that he's going to be. He will be out probably, as it said, past the Six Nations. Um, it could work in our benefit if he comes back, if he is able to come back after the Six Nations and get maybe maybe a few games under his belt with a run to potentially getting it back into the World Cup squad. Um, but we are seeing that, it, you know, that's assuming all goes well and yeah. we could end up with him missing uh, a large chunk of, well, potentially even missing the World Cup. Yeah. Um, the other injury since we were last on the air is Stuart Hogg, who's out for I think the autumn tests. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not so much of a worry for Scotland, I don't think, because it gives Gregor Townsend an option to try Blair Kinghorn at fifteen, and we'll you know, we'll do our virtual insanity update for some uh, other a couple of players that might come into play there as well. But for for Glasgow, who's I mean, it, it, you got Ruri Jackson. But is is there a is there anybody that that this sort of offers an opportunity to at Glasgow, or is it just a case of it's it's you know Ruri Jackson? So so obviously Ruri will move into being the first choice fifteen, but I think the person who will be not going to say delighted about Hogg's injury, but most relieved to have the potential for game time will be Rory Hughes, mm. who has in the last the last few times he's been used by Dave Rennie, he's been used at fifteen, and he certainly trains there a lot, um, and they've been working on quite quite um, heavily working on his kicking game to try and get that up to speed because obviously he's a big, big ball carrier. Yeah. He's quite strong in defence as well. Um, so they are, they are tr- trying to really sort of push him as an option there. So he we might see quite a lot of him, assuming he stays fit, which, you know, is has been his problem yeah. for quite some time. Um, we'll move on and talk about Ember then. Did you catch the Ember game against Leinster? I did, yeah, I did, I did. Yeah, don't sound too happy. Um People, people like balance, John. Come on. It's um, totally balanced. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to sound happy about seeing Ember lose to Leinster. Um, 
Yeah, I was. I mean, the main thing I wanted to talk about was the, cause, you know, the um, we've got Sandy Smith's uh, report up on the blog, so yep. so go and see that. That covers a lot of the game, and there's a lot of chat from people um, around uh, what happened. The main thing for me, um, talking about is is Big Pierre um, Scooby Shoe is what uh, Rory's decided we're going to call him. Um, <laughs> although I think it's actually Showman rather than Shoeman, but uh, Scooby Shoe's um, red card. Um, now. I think I said after the uh, during the game or after the game, I think it was the day after when I've I've managed to sort of watch it back. I'm I'm all for protecting the the tackler. I'm all for lowering the height of the tackle. I've I've gotten. I'm all for protecting the head. I'm I'm not a game's gone soft. Let the boys play kind of person at all. But Dan Levy's body position was atrocious in that tackle. I mean you. you you can't go to try and attempt to tackle somebody with your face at their chest level. That's just, you know, he, he had his body position all wrong. I don't think Pierre Schumann was going to, he was going to fend him off. But by the time the tackler has their face in that ridiculous position and mistimes their tackle, then he's, even regardless of who's going to fend him on off, off or not, there is, it was inevitable an elbow, an elbow or an arm was going to hit him in the face even if he was carrying the ball. So it kind of, I mean, a yellow, I think, given they were trying to protect people's head and given that he was trying to fend them off slightly, but I don't really see there was an awful lot that Pierre Schumann could have done in that situation, given Dan Levy's body position. So it's a four-week ban, and they've said it's been reduced by two weeks due to mitigating circumstances, whatever that was, acceptance of the card, which, you know, he did nod and say, okay, fair play, ref, and walked off the page, and behaviour throughout the hearing, which I assume means he brought nice biscuits. Um, yeah, I think that's the conduct element as well, is bringing, making sure you bring the, the, the decent biscuits. Or the uh, the shooby snacks. Um, <laughs> and what, what's your take on this? Because I, I thought it was... It's interesting because it's not a tackler being penalised here. It's it's the ball carrier. What... It's ball carrier. It's very very. It's the the same concept as Parisi, uh, and we all thought that was absolutely bonkers. Mm. Um, and I think I think the same stands for this. I mean, how far do we go with this? Uh, the the example I would give is you've got a ball carrier running and a tackler's coming side on, okay, mm-hmm. and an elbow slightly protrudes as they are running. Yeah, and the ball carrier then clips the elbow with their head is that a red card by anyone's imagination no of course it isn't but if you follow the letter that they've they've applied this then yes it should be a red card and i i totally agree with you i think what we're reaping just now is the the um the irish approach to tackling which obviously was initially based around the choke tackle and has for many many years been let's aim high and make sure we stop the ball yeah this is coming to roost now we are we're starting to see tacklers going in with with little to no technique whatsoever in dangerous positions and they are they're making a mess of it and it's the ball carrier being penalized and i think there has to be something done immediately about this because it's opening up a whole can of worms that you know. I, I'm with you. I I'm not one for the, you know, the boys have gone soft nonsense. I I see quite a few tackles where I disagree with people and say no, that that is a red. That you know, even for example, the the DTH uh, tackle mm. for in the in the Kings game, for me that's a red card. The, yeah. He's been over the horizontal. Yes, he's landed in his shoulder first, but his neck 
gets thumped into the ground just because that second doesn't make it a yellow. And the, I mean, even the the Tommy Seymour, um, you know, the, the one the previous week, the yep, previous yep. week that was a that was a straight red. He yep. changed he changed his the angle of his run and everything to take him out in yep. the air. It was ridiculous. He had played to any, yeah. anyway. I mean, I think the the other thing for me with the uh, Pierre Schumann one is um, it's. One is Matthew Bastereau, who punched someone in the face as they were lying prone on the floor, got a five-week ban. I, I, you know, you can't, you can say, you know, comparing apples and oranges, but you, you're comparing a, a strike to the face to a strike to the face. I think they are comparable because it's the same offence in effect. Yep. So, how can you give five weeks for one where someone blatantly black batters someone in the face, and four weeks to someone who? You know what? And you can't say Matthew Bastereau's good conduct's been taken into account, given he was caught homophobically abusing someone last season. Um, yeah, and racially before that. Yeah, and all and, sorts. And then the the point that you were making about you know where does this leave us? There's there's a huge sort of scope for for gamemanship here, as from the tackler's point of view. And we've seen it. I know they've said the clamping down. It. We've seen it start to creep into rugby and. Um, not naming any names, uh, Johnny Sexton. Um, but that you know, <laughs> you could see a situation where someone runs. You know, you, you go to tackle somebody, and and sort of like you know maybe spending a couple of you know an extra ten seconds on the ground clutching your head after you've tried to tackle someone and caught their arm yep. a bit. Do you know? Then the ref yep. checks it on the ref. The cam, you know, goes to TMO, or you get the TMO check and arm to the face. It's a red card. Yep. No, and it always looks worse than slow motion as well. Exactly, so things it's... look a thousand times worse. That looked, I mean, that you know, it looked like he, he punched Dan Levy in the face, but it, it's always yep. going to look like that if you run it in slow motion. If you if you run it in in full speed, and the speed of thought that someone's thinking at as they're running, got some, they've got someone coming towards them, they're going towards that player at great speed. They're looking to fend him off. It's a split second decision. It's yep. not as you know slow as so. I think that should be the change. That's the, uh, that they should bring in is the TMO is only allowed to make a judgment in full speed. I think that would be a very sensible approach. That and um, not ever allowing the French rugby union to make disciplinary proceedings ever again. <laughs> um, because I it's think... like, well, what's what's Bastereau's ban? Oh wait, it's the next France game minus one week. Yeah, perfect. Um, I think they probably bring cases of wine to the, um, <laughs> the hearings in France rather than just biscuits. Um, Ember generally, though, I think the main... I mean, I know it was... Well, you would say it's a second-string side, but there was a lot of first choices in there, really. Um, it was leadership. I have a similar problem with Glasgow, but it was a different kind of problem. It was more... You know, they went through something ridiculous, like 20 phases in that first... You know, the first sort of yeah. quarter, the first half at the try line they had space outside but they just kept taking it through the forwards and they were getting nowhere um but you know so it just needed someone and i know they didn't have simon hickey and they had um they had jaco jaco van der that's not gonna work now is it there he goes there he is yeah jaco van der on the pitch and whether you know whether or not that's the difference between jaco and hickey that hickey brings that decision making to the field um i thought the was it sean kennedy was was playing nine i'm gonna get yeah yeah he was quick. Do you know that the ball was coming out of it? You know, the ball was coming, being recycled really quickly by Ember, which is a real positive. It was just yeah. they weren't they weren't going anywhere. Yeah, it was that final that final pass, that final as you say, the decision making, that final sort of how do we cross the line now? Um, yeah. And it was a really interesting start. I seen it was I think it might have been um, 
on the rugby forum as well. It was 65% possession in the first 20 minutes or something for Edinburgh. Yeah. And they were 7 0 down. You know, and it's like they're just not they're not converting. They're they have they have played they've actually played very well these first few games and they've not converted it to points and that'll be a big concern for Cockrell. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is. I mean it's they've 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 only had one home game, so it's not that yeah, much for yeah. worry. I mean, they need to win at Benetton this week, I would say. Um, interesting. Yeah. I, I loved Ross Ross Ford's technique on the try line for the try line save, just to roll, like to form himself into some sort of ball and roll at people's feet. <laughs> <laughs> was it was, an, was that, Do you remember the film Hook, where the, oh, yes. the fat lad rolls himself into a ball? He was doing that. It was wonderful. It was a lovely sight to see. Um, that's that, that's uh, yeah that's that's Ember in Glasgow uh, for this week anyway. Um, the boat, well John's um, searing assessment of Glasgow and um, which nearly broke the site, um, and Sandy's um, Ember reporter up on the blog if you want to get involved there. Now we'll just move on and we're going to do um, a bit of our new section, which is. Uh, yeah, virtual virtual fin sanity. Um, I think John, you've you've got. Oh, he's still going. Shut up, JK. Um, we we've got a, a post going up on this. I think. Um, and you, ah, you've got yes. a new graphic. Uh, yes, yes, I have. Yes, I spent a bit of time. Um, it's the virtual fin sanity scale of fin sanity. Yes, yes. I look forward to getting some uh, see, seeing what the readers think of it. But no, we've got we've got an article ready to go. It's covering. Um, covering the first five, well, five games, the first sort of month of Finn's uh, French adventures. So um, it also looks at some of the other things he's been up to. You know, um, there's some meetings with famous famous fans of Scottish rugby. There's um, there's some new nicknames, and yeah, and we've we've kind of got it all from Finn. Good. Um, outside of uh, Finn, because this section really we we've said on the podcast we'll look at everybody um, else. Uh, who's playing overseas? Uh, Dunk Super Donkey Weir is back. Super Dunk. He's um he's 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 lost the kryptonite. He's regained his special superpowers. Found his cape. Two tries and twelve points. Thirty two points from Worcester's thirty seven. All from Super Dunk. Um, <laughs> that do you know what? I I think that was interesting. Listening to the Blood and Mud podcast where they were like, "Calm down, everyone. Things will be back to normal next week." Um, <laughs> But it's, I mean, for, for you've got to be pleased for him. He's, you know, he's, he had a difficult time in Scotland, wasn't wanted by Glasgow or Edinburgh, and I, I was sceptical of a move to the English Premiership. But but who knew? Who, who knew it would turn him round and make him make him the new Bowden Barrett? Um, he's still like, not. He's, he yeah, he's still he not getting drop. the Scotland squad. He can drop. Yeah, he's still not getting the Scotland squad though. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> Pete, Pete, Pete Horn will still be ahead of him at ten, yeah. even in spite of this weekend. No, I think I think it's really good for for Duncan. Uh, again, well thought of by the Glasgow fans when he was here. Um, things just didn't work out at Edinburgh, uh, which was a surprise because a lot of us thought he had the perfect game for the limited approach that Edinburgh were taking at the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, things just didn't work out and. All the best to him down there. Um, I think the Scotland squad um, would be uh, it would require injuries to pretty much every ten that plays rugby in Scotland before. Yeah, including before those, including those that don't. I mean, you got you got yes. um, Sam Johnson, haven't you? Is it Sam Johnson that's coming? Who? Yeah, can yeah, cover yeah. Ten. Um, you've got uh, Pete Horn. 
Russell Hastings and even Greg Laidlaw, arguably, because because you know Tunis played and him there. So probably argue James Lang will be ahead of him as well in the queue. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Hoggy. there's there's a few. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hoggy's oh, injured. He's not getting to play ten. <laughs> um, in that game, we also um, David Denton is pretty bright for Leicester. Um, apart from, I think he's the only player who is playing well for Leicester at the minute. Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> so my my wife has asked if we can, as part of our um, our swag, if we can get a, a Laurel Thorson T-shirt made up for Dave Denton. A what? Um, a what T-shirt? So this this is our nickname for him based on his his um, phenomenal hairpiece. Right. Um. She she dubbed him Laurel Thorson. Laurel Thorson. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which was, um, I swear I'm going to just record her one of these times watching the rugby. And L'Oreal and Thorson, that's a delightful. That's like, that's like I, I think that Ben Toulouse looks like a porn parody of Thor. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that we could have some sort of like Asgardian, Toulouse, Denton. L'Oreal Thorson uh, and Porn Thor. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do that in wave two of the, the swag. Yeah, um, outside of Dunkey Weir and Dave Denton, then uh, Sean Maitland uh, started at fullback for Saracens, scored a try and set one up for yep. Dave Strettle. Um, we heard from Douglas Luke on email, podcast at scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, um, who has been a long-time follower, but first-time listener, sent me a long email. Um, a couple of points he picked up on. Um, he mentioned I Hire West. Now, I Hire West um, has been brought up, I think, on every single message board that a Scottish rugby fans have been on about, about his potential scottish credentials unfortunately the only link he has to scotland is being ginger that's (laughs) all my research that i've done on the internet in the last week since douglas sent his email is there's there's no scottish roots there whatsoever he's playing for la rochelle admittedly but he's ginger and that's as far as it goes um the other one that douglas brought up um, which quite a few people on the blog have brought up is blade thompson um who is looking tasty down at scarlet's yes um, I think it's. You would be. I don't know. I think I, I would lose all faith in Gregor Townsend if he wasn't called up it for would the be autumn criminal test. if he doesn't get capped in the autumn. Criminal. Yeah. He's um, on. He's yeah. on the radar. I think he, he. Glasgow were interested, um, but I think he went to. I think Scarlets just sort of outbid them in the end. I think he thought there was. I think he thought. Oh my goodness. Um, there was more opportunity at the Scarlets in terms yeah. of the background. Um, he believed, which he clearly hadn't seen the Glasgow back row at that point. <laughs> um, talking of Scarlets as well, the BBC were reporting um, earlier this week that John Hardy's linked with a move there. Yes, um, after um, Hardy time. Yeah, after James Davis uh, has been out with a long-term injury, uh, they also lost John Bark at Tembra. So that's that's. Um, I know they were speculating about it on Blood and Mud earlier this week, but um, there seems to be some concrete suggestion that that's going yeah. to be the case. So that'd be good news. Um, even if it's a short-term deal, it'd be good to see John Hardy back playing again. Now he's fit. Um, next news. Um, Internationals announced today. National f- for the Autumn are going to be on BBC and inexplicably BT Sport again. Um, who watches? How? What are the viewing figures for BT Sport if it's on the council telly? I, I would love to know. Yeah. I just, you know, who's, who is sat there going, I mean, unless it's Inverdale, obviously if it's Inverdale, you're going to go on and switch over to VT Sport. <laughs> yeah, I'm, going to, I'm not even subscribed, but I'm going to pay the money just to, just avoid, <laughs> just to avoid Inverdale. Inverdale. Um, so yeah, that's been announced. So that's good. I mean, it's good. It's on the council telly again. Um, yeah. That's great for the day. Um, now, the next bit of news um, is finally, um, 
released was Leslie Thompson's long-awaited report in the outcome of Keith Russell's employment tribunal uh, and the use of non-disclosure agreements by the SRU um, with the world's most impenetrable uh, press release. So impenetrable <laughs> that Indiana Jones had to get the staff of Raw out um, just to try and even begin to decipher it. So impenetrable, John, that the we had to trick the FBI into cutting power to the building just to release the last electromagnetic lock so we could get into the vault like in Die Hard. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to think of impenetrable things today. Um, <laughs> in case you can't tell. Um, so what we thought we'd do is, and nobody's done, to my mind, no one has done this yet. A lot of people have said it's impenetrable. A lot of people said it makes no sense. Now we are going to make sense of this. So what we're going to do is we are going to go through this press release and I am going to translate it. So, John, you have it in front of you. Oh, yes. Go, and I will translate as we go. Let's do this, right. Following previous statements on 9 June and 17 June 2018 and comments made by the Scottish Rugby President and Chairman at the Scottish Rugby AGM on 4 August 2018, the Council and Board of Scottish Rugby wish to provide the following update. Here's a press release. (laughs) Okay, focus. (laughs) As was noted on 17 June 2018, Leslie Thompson QC, Senior Independent Non-Executive Director and former Solicitor General for Scotland, was asked to conduct a full review to look into the sequence of events that led to the recent Employment Tribunal and matters in respect of its findings. Leslie's had a look at it. It was also noted at the 2018 AGM by Chairman Colin Grassi that the board would also review with the aid of external independent experts the use of settlements within Scottish Rugby. Like what Colin said at the meeting. (laughs) This work has now concluded. The board have taken appropriate time to fully consider Ms Thompson's extensive report. The steps taken by the board throughout this process and the recommendations made by Ms Thompson have also been considered by the Scottish Rugby Council as part of their oversight responsibility. We've read Leslie's report and we've had a meeting. Both bodies have accepted the recommendations Ms Thompson has put forward and have committed to implementing changes in relevant operational areas and procedures within Scottish Rugby to reflect the recommendations. Leslie's right. We agree with (laughs) These include strengthening human resource capability and resource at a senior level to reflect the growing scope of Scottish Rugby as a diverse and complex organisation with multiple staffing needs and expanding legal responsibilities. Don't go sacking people without a good reason. Recognition that settlement agreements are a legitimate uh, facility which should be retained, but are not to be used as part of performance management procedures. Stop using non-disclosure agreements. Any other use of settlement agreements to be in exceptional circumstances only with approval of the board's remuneration committee and following ACAS codes of practice and guidance if they are to be used. Ah, you can use them sometime. <laughs> An enhanced remit for the remuneration committee of the board provided for reporting to the committee of performance management issues. Tell us if you're going to sack someone. Committee approval for any dismissals of any employee whose initial appointment was subject to committee approval. If we give them the job, then only we can sack them. And committee approval in future of any request to use a settlement agreement. If you're going to give someone money, ask us first. 
A full endorsement of the decision to conduct a governance review led by the independent chair, Gavin McCall QC, to examine governance structures and ensure they are fit for purpose in a modern and transparent rugby environment. You see that long grass over there? We're just gonna just we're just gonna take a punt. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's in the long grass. Following on from the commitment made at the AGM to examine the use of off-feed settlements, uh, settlement agreements even, external experts PwC were commissioned to review the 14 off-field settlement agreements entered into since September 2011. They also met with a number of former employees as part of their work. We asked some other guys to have a look at it too. PwC's review identified there were various reasons for making the 14 settlement agreements. For a certain number of the settlement agreements reviewed, PwC considered that documentation available did not make it immediately obvious why those settlement agreements were considered necessary. Scottish Rugby provided additional context in this regard. We didn't write anything down at the time, so we just made something up. (laughs) In relation to the content of the settlement agreements themselves, PwC considered them to be in line with what would be expected such as evidence of independent legal advice received by the employee, evidenced by a solicitor's certificate contained within each agreement. Well, it seemed all right to them. The board also conducted additional checks on agreements entered into in the same period related to early termination of fixed-term contracts of on-field, non-playing staff, with similar conclusions reached and shared with the council. Yeah. Any future use of settlement agreements will continue to be by exception and only with the prior approval of the remuneration committee of the board. No one's getting big payoffs anymore. Scottish Rugby Board and Council, after taking external, independent legal advice and in line with staff privacy policies and data protection legislation, have confirmed that no further information within Ms. uh, Ms. Thompson's report can be made public. We've lost our big black pen we use for redacting stuff. (laughs) Scottish Rugby Chairman Colin Grassy said, I would like to thank Leslie Thompson QC for her exhaustive report, which has helped us reflect and work through issues raised by this recent sequence of events. Cheers, Leslie. It is vital as an expanding organisation that we adopt the necessary learnings from this process to enable us to prepare for the next phase of our growth and increasing complexity in various aspects of the game. With the help of independent external professional advisors, we have reviewed relevant operational areas and recognised that improvements need to be made. I am saying these words so you do not ask me any more questions. (laughs) Following a long and thorough exercise, the board remain clear about its role and have absorbed and acted upon lessons learned. Please, please stop asking us questions. (laughs) The board and council reiterates its earlier position and the pride it has in the positive culture within Scottish rugby. We've done nothing wrong, nothing to see here. Move along, move along, nothing to see here. Scottish rugby president Dee Bradbury said, this has been a very significant and useful exercise for us to go through. And I'm very grateful to Leslie Thompson QC for the depth and quality of review she submitted. Look, I'm new here. It is vital that Scottish Rugby continue to maintain high professional standards to support all areas of the business and the wider game in Scotland. The review has enabled us to focus on areas where we can improve as well as reviewing current practices. Look, it wasn't done under my watch. 
This has been a disconcerting period for Scottish rugby's hard-working and talented staff. And on behalf of the council, I would like to thank them for their continued support. Definitely wasn't me. As Scottish rugby grows, the time is also right for the governance between board and council to be reviewed and updated where appropriate. And I look forward to working with Gavin McCall, QC, on this important piece of work in the coming months. We're going to say that we're doing stuff, so everybody thinks that we're doing stuff, but in actuality, nothing's going to change. (laughs) I would actively encourage all our clubs to participate fully in both the consultation process on issues related to player payment and league structures, and in due course, the wider governance review. Yeah, over there, that looks that looks like a bin, but it's a filing cabinet. It's a filing cabinet where we're going to keep all your comments and we're going to look at them definitely. Scottish Rugby reaffirms its commitment to developing rugby across the country and continues to work with member clubs to deliver the extensive Agenda 3 programme to help future-proof the grassroots game. If you thought we were getting rid of the Super 6, then boy, are you going to be surprised. A significant regional restructuring programme has been re- has been developed and is now being implemented. A successful external and internal recruitment programme has just concluded and details of a newly appointed regional director and regional manager were announced last week uh, that were announced this week. A strong domestic oh sorry. A strong domestic game is vital to provide strong foundations and continue rugby's important role in local communities and for the nation. We've already spent a lot of money on Super Six, so it's going ahead whether you like it or not. So let's do a section on governance here. Yay, governance! My favourite. As referenced by the chairman at the AGM, there is a clear need for governance structure based on the Dunlop report of 2005 to be updated to better reflect the growing organisation Scottish rugby has become and the challenges in administering the modern game. There are also certain discrete matters that have been referred for consideration by the AGM. Yeah, that long grass we were talking about earlier. Scottish rugby operates in a highly competitive and dynamic environment on a global and domestic level. The sporting landscape is constantly evolving and it is imperative Scottish rugby keeps pace with the speed of change. Um, Yeah, everybody else seems to be doing stuff a little bit differently. Maybe we need to play catch up. Following a briefing from Gavin McCall, QC, independent chair of the Council Standing Committee on Governance, The Council and Board have also approved a programme of consultation with clubs on issues related to player payments and league structures discussed at the August AGM and taking account of the requirement of the bylaw changes introduced at the AGM. It's important for us to make it seem like we're listening to you. The programme approved is as follows. And then there's meetings, just meetings. We're going to have some meetings. That's what it says. Meetings. There's a load of meetings. There's I and there's 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 lots of McCall. He's there a lot. Yeah. Um so McCall Mr. McCall has updated the council and board on the approach that will be adopted to the wider governance review. A small working group will be formed for stakeholders in the game, together with independent individuals with appropriate skills and experience, inc- including governance matters, and chaired by Mr. McCall. We're gonna have lunches, lots and lots of lunches. The review is intended to be wide-ranging, taking account of views from within the organisation itself, clubs, stakeholders and other interested parties, as well as considering alternative corporate and governance models used elsewhere. It is necessarily a long-term exercise, though the intention is for updates on the committee's work to be provided at a regular basis. Woo, it feels nice in the long grass. Everyone come in the long grass. 
Scottish Rugby fully acknowledges the challenges presented following the outcome of the Employment Tribunal uh, tribunal in June. It has acted to address them and take on board the necessary recommendations to improve our processes in the future. Happy now? Scottish rugby remains in great health. We have seen a positive start to the domestic rugby season. Did they watch the Kings? Good (laughs) good performances for our professional clubs. Several significant new sponsors joining or extending the relationship with us and the launch of the new rugby development department and its associated appointments to work more closely with clubs in their communities. Stop asking questions and making us look stupid or people will stop giving us money. As we enter the year to go to the Rugby World Cup 2019, we will continue to work hard to develop and support rugby in Scotland alongside our member clubs and many partners. Look over there, a World Cup. Everybody, look over there, Japan World Cup. Woo! Um, so yeah, that was our um, that was our translation of the. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, it wasn't too boring. Uh, the um, <laughs> the impenetrable. What was thought to be the impenetrable um, SRU press release on the Leslie Thompson affair. Uh, hopefully that will make it. Um, better understood anyway um moving on anyway swiftly um (laughs) tony sylvester got in touch this week on twitter and suggested a regular feature on the podcast and we're quite keen to take this forward if 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 people are um interested is it's the worst excuses people have given for missing training or games and we've had some crackers um sandy smith our ember correspondent said uh his early shift at work used to be seven till two and if it went beyond two he used to ring and say he'd been held back at work so he couldn't make training which was wasn't strictly a lie um, George Hamilton also on Twitter said when he played for Rackies, one guy said he was late because his car had been nicked, but he only lived five minutes walk away. Uh, Andy Niven said that gout's becoming a frequent excuse. Um, <laughs> um, Brian Scobie again on Twitter said back in the early 90s, I used to have a car phone. I would phone the Greenock Wanderers uh, captain as I was leaving work in Cumbernauld and tell him I was driving back from England. <laughs> <laughs> And the best, this is the best. I think we I might retire the feature now on the basis of this is Gavin Anderson on the Scottish Rugby Forum said someone once once made themselves unavailable for a game because they had a sheepdog trial on the same day. <laughs> what, what Gavin doesn't say is whether or not it was the dog or the uh, handler that was uh, playing for the club. <laughs> Yeah. Um, the other thing we also had a spate of tweets last week about people's rugby related dreams um, after Fee tweeted to say that she once dreamt WP Nell played 10 and scored 4 or 5 tries um, she said she was doped off on pain medication at the time um, that's not I mean that's not as daft as Hoggy at 10 so you never know but exactly, exactly. Um, look what happened to New Zealand in the it was the 2007 World Cup where they ended up with Piri Wipu at 10 at one point they did um, yeah Alan McDonald said he got in touch, said he dreamt he'd been concussed in a tackle whilst playing for Scotland and woke up to find he'd catapulted himself against the bedroom wall. <laughs> and then he did say he had man flu at the time, so it was a fever dream. But um, the best oh, one, yeah. Kirsty McKeister got in touch to say she once had a dream that Paul O'Connell was trying to repossess her house and everyone's speaking Gaelic because she she'd watched the game on BBC Alva. That must be, that's a terrifying, Paul O'Connell repossessing your house. That is a terrifying dream. It does have the look for it, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. In a donkey jacket. Aye, and he's got the accent as well. Like he's got that thick, sort of strong, strong voice. I, I think there's a future career there. There is, yeah. If the commentary doesn't work out, Paul, then, you know, court yeah, bailiff, that's, that, that's where it is. Um... Now the next uh, we'll do. Where's Doogie Donnelly? I've not got. Uh, I've not got the. Um, I need. To, I'm having problems with my technology. I've not got my. Um, I've not got my jingle lined up. But 
Ian Wallace. Uh, so Finley Calder at the top of the Royal Mile. Uh, but the big spot for me, Ian, was Finn Russell at the Ember Connock game. Aye, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, no news on what Finn was doing there. Um, but surprising that Ali Price was out of the country when he decided to come back. Um, there's there's a full full report on virtual Finsanity as to what his actions were. Oh, okay. Uh, well, there so... there we go. The good good um, we we'll call it tease. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Craig Simpson got in touch to say he saw Donny McFadden in the Guile, which is exactly the kind of spots I like. Somewhere mundane like <laughs> the Guile. Uh, and Stuart Strachan saw Lee Jones at an independent coffee shop on Glasgow's south sides. Uh, he said he wasn't sure what Lee was having because he just nipped in to let his uh, his daughter use the toilet. Um, now, we've this wasn't this wasn't given to us, uh, but this is from the Sydney Morning Herald, uh, which says, "Well, this is a spotted." While Michael Checker retains the faith of Rugby Australia board for the moment, there have been a few names tossed up as his potential replacement. One of those is Dave Rennie, the former <laughs> Chief Super Rugby winning coach. Funnily enough, the cauliflower, I don't know, who they, I presume that's their correspondent, spotted the current Glasgow Warriors coach walking down one of the main streets in Port Elizabeth less than, less than, John, less than a kilometre away from the Wallabies team hotel. <laughs> there you go. Oh my goodness! If if oh. the cauliflower from the Sydney Morning Herald wants to get in touch, they can have a free sticker. Exactly, definitely. <laughs> um, we 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 we're doing well for time today, John. Um, shall we? You know, right? Shall we move on to hands in the ruck? Uh, yes, we should. I I would also like to add my my little uh, player spotted. I was over at Scotston uh, this week, and Brandon Thompson, I can confirm, does actually exist. Oh. And he, he held the door open for me. He was very polite. Um, and it was one of those ones where he held, held the door open for me and it was too far away. So I actually had to like kind of break into a semi-canter like, jog, um, which, you know, when, when it's you're awkward. sort of... It's, it's not pleasant. But he smiled at me. He was very polite about it. Um, and then Ryan Wilson just barged past me and went through the door. So it was all good. Are you sure he wasn't holding the door open for Ryan Wilson? No, he definitely wasn't because Ryan... He moves faster than than you would imagine. He was he was up the stairs just right. as I came through the door, and then boom, through he comes, broke his first tackle of the season. <laughs> uh, very good. I'm pleased to see that you're uh, submitting a player spotted to us now. Well, you know, I didn't think it was mundane enough for the the other podcast. It's too exciting, too exciting yeah, for blood yeah, and mud because yeah. you were actually good at Scotston. Um, go on, yeah. we've we've. Um, Hands in the ruck. Now, I'll start with, again, Douglas Luke in the same email. Now, he didn't raise this as a hands in the ruck, but he said he was disappointed that Enter Sandman by Metallica's replaced captain from Biffy Clyro at Glasgow. Oh, no, no. That was fantastic. Are you happy? Is this... Is this... Oh, I'm delighted. I like Biffy Clyro, but, whoa, I mean, the atmosphere when, when Sandman was building, because they've just got it on a loop while the players are, like, getting ready to come out, so they can just build and build and build. Phenomenal. Loved it. Good. Good, that sounds... I'm all for that. Um, what's your hands in the ruck then? So I'm, I'm going to go this week with... When did when did people forget how to pop pass? <laughs> this, uh, it's very noticeable over the last few weeks that people seem to think that if they're two metres away from a player, they have to ferociously thump it at them as quickly as they can and you know generate like 17,000 revolutions on the ball before it makes the poor prop um, two metres away who's just looking like oh, what's going on um, 
it was very noticeable again in the Glasgow game, um, but it's becoming a massive trend. And you're just like, just, just, just pop. You're taught to pop when you're a kid. Just pop the ball to him. Oh, got me, got me riled. Got you riled. That's a good one. Um, we had one from again, uh, Ian. Uh, our favourite, our favourite bus driver, uh, Ian Wallace, uh, who said that his hands in the ruck uh, a couple of weeks ago. This was was Hoyk versus Curry at Curry, where um, some of the Hoyk uh, fans had been abusing the officials, which isn't very good to hear. Um, even some comments from the coaches bench. You didn't say who. Um, I don't know if it was a fan of alliteration, George Graham, um, <laughs> who'd, who'd been making go ahead, sort of made comments uh, to the officials as well, uh, being abuse at alignment. So that's not not good to hear. I couldn't find any. Ian said I think Ian had been at the game, so that's why he'd raised it. But I couldn't see any reports elsewhere. But presumably, at that level, yeah. the referees are going to refer it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of that. See if anything comes out of that. Yeah. Uh, my hands in the ruck is Gus Pichot's World Rugby Death Match Twelve. <laughs> As I'm calling yes. it, um, the um, ill-conceived um, annual um, game between the world's top twelve teams that I <laughs> to replace Nobody the odd test. Nobody wants this. Nobody wants this. <laughs> I mean, I, Blood and Mud did a good. Um, you know, if you listen to Blood and Mud this week, they did a really good um, coverage of you know why test matches. Are, uh, everyone loves test yeah. matches. My my issue with this is, uh, it, well, it's numerous, but. But, but mainly, one, that the whole idea of this global season and reviewing it is to, to bring in Tier 2 nations and get Tier 2 yes. nations more games. So unless you're going to say that as the teams drop out of the this sort of Deathmatch 12, you know, Thunderdome... That can be only one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that as they drop out, they're going to go away and play Tier 2 nations. That could work, but then logistically... How do you sell those games if you don't know who's going to be playing? You know, if you don't know who's going to be dropping out, you can't suddenly say, well, okay, we'll all go to Murrayfield now and let's have Scotland play Georgia. And by the way, tickets are on sale seven days beforehand and let's try and fill Murrayfield. It's it's nonsense. Um, I think as well, from what I understand as well, it's it's not like they're arranged into groups. It's like the the top three play each other, then then four to six play each other. So you'd never really Scotland unless you're in the top three. You're never going to be able to play New Zealand or the All Blacks um, unless you are England or Ireland or uh, at the minute I think it is. So that doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's going to be rotate between the northern and the southern hemisphere. So yeah, you you know go, nobody's going to travel to the southern hemisphere every year, every second year for that. Nope. Nope. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, I think everybody gets very excited because he doesn't wear a tie and wears trainers with his suit. But um, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's always right. I did see that uh, big, 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 big bad Bill had uh, sort of uh, had to alleviate some of the RFU's concerns. Yes, uh, which would suggest that he is wanting to continue in his role as as some sort of <laughs> chief supremo. Um, otherwise, his I'm sure his um, um, assurances would be very much falling on. Well, you're not going to be here, and once once Gus gets the reins, oh no! Yeah, yeah, it's such a stupid idea. It's stupid. It's one of a number of options. I think that they're discussing. Um, uh, he he seems to think Gus Pichot seems to suggest that that world you know world international world rugby finances are on the brink of collapse, which I think is might be true in the southern hemisphere outside of New Zealand, yep. but. Yep. Um, I kind of feel like well, it's not our problem, Do you know. As far as that exactly, sounds, it's yeah. like if the Northern Hemisphere, if we're doing well, then that's you know, tough, tough we can't issue, help. Really. We can't help geography. 
I can't move yeah. Australia closer to New Zealand or Argentina closer to, to, to New Zealand. Exactly. You know. We should maybe do maybe do another feature um, or, or one for next week um, on um, other madcap ideas Gus is considering. Gus Gus um, Pichot's Gus Pichot's terrible ideas. Um, yes, I mean I, I've heard rumours that they're wanting to play um, a twenty seventh fixture in the English uh, Gallica Premiership on the moon. That was uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, every twenty minutes. Uh, the ball will be on fire for five minutes. <laughs> yes, yes. Or we could go back to what was it? Was it? Uh, it was a brand of beer who, of course, had halftime multiball. We could, yes. we could have some, some, something around that. That would be outstanding. Yeah, five Dave Denton still wouldn't catch any of them. <laughs> um, what else can we think of? Um, you're allowed to wear um, spikes in your shoulder pads, um, but only for the last five minutes of a game. And only when the game's on a Sunday. Yep. Um <laughs> All blacks. Re- re- you go? <laughs> every every four years, the All Blacks have to play nobody but Tier Two nations just for a laugh, just for giggles. <laughs> and if they score more than a hundred points, it gets put back to zero, and they go again. And they have to start again. Yep. Um, <laughs> we should assure the listeners that we we have actually not rehearsed any of this. <laughs> in any way, We're just literally thinking these off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> Everybody sits down at half time and does mood boards um and has a <laughs> and shares their feelings. I love that. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um that's got yeah. Gus Gus Pisha was terrible terrible ideas for rugby. Um if you've got any, uh, send them in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um we are I'm I'm away next week on on uh holiday. We were we have got in the works we've got a, a mini podcast on rugby finances which we ship I had a chat with uh, a guy who's doing a rugby finances website under development so that'll be quite an interesting podcast. And um, we'll be back in 2 weeks with our regular pod. Um we're getting closer and closer to the autumn tests um and looking back at some of the games. Um for now uh though I think that's it. Are we all done, John? Ah uh, yeah yeah. I'm yeah, checking my been... agenda and we have covered everything and we we are un- we've come in under an hour. Woo! Despite despite reading out the entire of the SRU's fresh release on Leslie Thompson and, and creating new 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 ideas on new this features. One. Um so yeah, uh, do get in touch um in, through the normal ways uh, but for now uh, oh one last thing. Oh go, go one go, last go. one last thing. We are trying to find out what has happened to Flinty McSnag. It's an important piece of news, this. We have approached Ember that we were promised a press release and none has been forthcoming. The mystery Shocking. deepens. Where is Flinty McSnag? Did Where Vern... is the governance? Has he been, has he been mounted above Vern Cotter's <laughs> fireplace? Has Richard, Cockerell, has Richard Cockerell eaten him? These, <laughs> we must know. Where is Flinty McSnag? Start hashtagging. Start atting Ember Rugby. Hashtag, where is Flinty? We, we, just, we must. The public must know. So yeah, we're on that note. Anyway, it's goodbye from me <laughs> and uh, goodbye from John. Goodbye.